Hello and welcome to Proudly Off Payroll. I'm James Poyser. I'm the CEO and one of the co-founders here at Innie Accounts. And this podcast is where I like to share my insights and opinions on the consulting and contracting industry. And in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about why I think that being indispensable is the real key to working outside R35. Now, there was a post on offpayroll.org.uk that caught my eye this week. Uh, This particular post was from a contractor who's working for a well-known aerospace firm. This firm is finding everyone to be inside IR35 as they don't want to shoulder the risk um, of those working outside IR35 incorrectly. Now, the interesting thing uh, that this commentator uh, said was that for this particular end client, if pushed, it says they'll actually do a fair assessment and issue an outside IR35 contract, but they will only do this if there's a risk of you leaving and you have a specialist skill set that they can't replace. And this reminds me of a similar conversation I've had recently with a client here at Innie Accounts. They were a professional coach, uh, an executive coach. They are coaching uh, FTSE 100 um, executive teams to deliver transformation projects. This particular coach um, is operating via a limited company and the end client now has a PSC ban policy. The coach uh, in question um, considers themselves to be in a business-to-business relationship. They deliver the coaching service, coaching executives um, through these particularly uh, demanding trading conditions and their services that they provide make a huge impact to end client organizations and this coach uh, was observing that whilst they were doing that in the same organization uh, following this PSC ban first line IT support uh, contractors who were fixing the the CEO's laptop were very vocal about being pushed into an umbrella and this coach felt pretty frustrated because it was very evident that the one-size-fits-all approach simply doesn't work. And they took it upon themselves and made it very clear to the end client that if they wanted them to stay and to continue providing coaching services, they need to be continued to be they need to continue to be treated like a business. And that's because this particular uh, coach had invested in their brand, they'd invested in their expertise, they had studied at a European uh, well a leading. European uh, business school. They're very much in demand. They've got multiple clients. They make a real difference every single day to the clients that they work with. And I'm really pleased to say that they were made an exception to the PSC ban and are continuing to engage with this client via their limited company. And what these two illustrations have in common is something that we've predicted uh, for some time. It's it's like um, free market economics. There's a question here about bargaining power. And if you are running an organisation that supplies services and the demand for those services outstrips the supply, then your bargaining power increases. So for many uh, consultants and contractors in this positioning position, the, the bargaining chip that they're talking about are things like dictating working practices, dictating uh, contract terms, and then demanding fair IR35 determinations. And, and we'll just make this clear, you know, the, the, the consultants and contractors that I, I work with, they're not asking for end clients to, um, you know, ignore the, the reality of working practices and, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, can you can you put me outside R35? No, they're asking end clients 
to change the reality of the working practices to reflect how they want to engage. They want a robust outside IR35 engagement. And you know, coming back to our prediction, what we've predicted for a long time is that we're going to see a two-track market when it comes to consulting and contracting. What we're probably going to see is um, for core engagements, those are the ones that are the, the backbones of, of teams and contingent resource where there's a good supply in the market. So we're talking about things like first line um, support, more junior or generalist uh, developers, uh, those in uh, positions uh, where the experience requirements are lower, perhaps people who are earlier on in their contracting career. For people who, who fall into this particular cohort, it's likely that clients will assess them as inside IR35 or just take a PAYE-only route, so push them into Broly or agency payroll. It's simply not worth the risk for the end client uh, to undertake um, a fair determination, particularly when there is an abundance of resource out there to fill those roles. So if you're in that position, it's going to feel like quite a closed book. On the other hand, if we look at specialists, um, so consultants and contractors in uh, with, with um, harder to find in-demand skills, their parking power is much, much greater and they're better able to influence the engagement approach with the end client. And it also means they've got a much greater chance of being outside R35. Um, and, you know, so on, on a similar vein, uh, just before Christmas, I was invited to be a panellist um, at a recruitment event with uh, with Kingsbridge, uh, and they're the, the IR35 assessors and insurers. Uh, and by recruitment event, I mean um, they were talking to, uh, to to recruitment agents. And Anne Swain, the chief exec of APSCO, um, a professional body for, um, for, for recruiters and uh, a de facto um, expert on IR35 in the recruitment industry, summed up what we're talking about here today wonderfully. And she said, true talent always has a choice. And she was speaking to this group of recruiters when she delivered this message. True talent always has a choice. And I think this is great advice to contractors and consultants. This is where you want to be in life. You want to be in demand and you want to have choices and no less so when it comes to your IR35 status. In order to do this, you need to be able to be in a position to exploit market forces. So you need to think about your own personal uh, bargaining power. You know, if you want to continue borrowing some, um, you know, kind of business and uh, theoretical concepts, we might think about, right, the, the threat of new entrants. So how easy is it for other people to enter the contracting and consulting market and provide services akin to what your business can offer? Um, so how deep is your moat or how high is your, your wall, if you'd like to use those um, analogies? You know, do you have niche skills? Um, do you have a, a, a good reputation? Do you have the experience? And what you're looking to do is pushing hard to be indispensable. So that means that, you know, you need to be, you know, let's talk about it trivially, you need to be the best. But it's about the one who's got the knowledge and the experience, the one who's got the exceptional reputation, the one who delivers, the one who everybody wants. And I guess we can sum this up by saying that you want to be the one that large end clients are willing to make the exception for, to engage you and your company outside IL35. Because one thing is very, very clear. Mediocrity is not going to get you outside 
IR35. But I know that you know that because the vast majority of consultants and contractors I talk to on a day-to-day basis are very much cut from a different cloth. And, okay, so let's say this, you know, you're in this position where um, you feel like you're indispensable, your skills are in demand. Does this guarantee that you're going to be outside R35 contracting via a PSC? It absolutely doesn't, but it does put you in a very good position. And this reminds me of uh, two other insights. Uh, the first one is a conversation that I had last year with another client of any accounts. They were engaged with a large bank. They were delivering very niche and hard to find expertise. And they hoped to be an exception to this bank's PSC ban. But the client held fast. And publicly, this bank weren't increasing rates for those people who've been pushed onto PAYE. However, this particular contractor managed to negotiate a significant rate increase. And that was their form of exception. So the exception that was made wasn't to allow them to continue operating outside R35. The exception that was made for them was a good, healthy rate increase. And at the time, I know this uh, this contractor accepted the role. It was very convenient. They were, they were a 15-minute commute um, away from home. And I have been meaning to, uh, to, to catch up with them because I'm very interested to see if their position has changed, particularly now uh, that remote working has become more ubiquitous. And again, it means that they have got more bargaining power because there are more people after their skills. And more recently, I've spoken to um, a consultant uh, just this week, a very well-informed um, expert. This particular individual had previously been at uh, an oil company, so, so consulting uh, with an oil company or an energy firm, as I think they like to be uh, called these days. Anyway, again, they had very in-demand skills. Uh, they were a specialist and uh, they, they left this organisation and they were then contacted by three separate recruitment agencies regarding a contract at this company. And every single agent turned around and said, name your price. For a day rate and the catch the catch was as you'd expect all of the roles were deemed inside r35 but no assessment was actually made this particular uh, consultant turned it down because they knew that they'll be able to find uh, an outside r35 opportunity elsewhere and even in the current climate uh, they they're confident about that such as the demand uh, for their niche services so how do you go about becoming indispensable. Well, I'm going to offer up uh, five observations that I've made whilst talking to high-performing consultants and contractors. So number one, it's about exceeding expectations and over-delivering. And this doesn't mean that you do more work because at the end of the day, you're outside R35, aren't you? And your deliverables are written down in your contracts, are they not? Um, But what this is about is can you deliver sooner to a higher standard? Can you deliver in such a way that it sows the seeds for other improvements in the organisation? Can you leave a long-lasting positive impact with your client? So that's my first tip. Second is, can you help clients to achieve their goals? So that's about getting some perspective about the project that you are engaged in. Can you demonstrate that you understand the strategic goal that your project is contributing towards and can you create an environment for this project to succeed and for the organization's goal to be met 
The third observation um, is about being reliable with a, a positive attitude. And remember, you know, you're a consultant and a contractor, so reliable doesn't mean that you turn up on time. It's not as simple as that. It's about doing what you say that you will. It's, you know, it's like things like acknowledging and managing curveballs with grace when they inevitably come up. It's about being positive and it's about getting on and delivering. Fourth um, is about being the expert. And sometimes it pays to have experience uh, from a number of industries and, and varied roles, particularly when you're first starting out as a consultant or contractor. But you should be aiming to build a reputation as a leading expert. And to do that, you're going to need to specialise. And if you are hands down the best at what you do, there can be no quibble about the fact that you are irreplaceable. And also, interestingly, this is excellent news when it comes to control, which, as you know, is one of the key IL35 status determining factors. And it is well recognised that clients have weak level of control over consultants and contractors if they possess expertise that isn't within that end client's organisation. It is exceptionally difficult to control something that you don't know. So that's the fourth tip. And finally, number five, it's about investing in yourself. So if you are the expert, um, being the expert and staying the expert are two very different things. So you need to continue to invest in your development, reading widely, you know, networking with your peers, staying on top of the latest thinking techniques uh, and different practices. And also remember from an IR35 perspective, perspective, this is self-fulfilling for working outside IR35. If you invest in yourself, it's tax deductible. If you're making investments, it strengthens your case for being in business on your own account. And again, that is one of the key factors when it comes to determining your IR35 status. So those five observations, again, are exceeding expectations, helping clients to achieve goals, being reliable and positive, being the expert and continuing to be the expert by investing in yourself. And I'm confident if you master these five, you're going to be on a very good trajectory to becoming indispensable. And in our work and um, my conversations researching those who are succeeding outside IR35, we've also identified another five traits and we discuss those in more detail in our IR35 action planner. So I'm going to make a very small and uh, slightly, well, a small and unap unapologetic uh, plug right now. So if you're listening to this and you're an Any Accounts client, head to your IR35 Action Planner, navigate to the Negotiating Power section, and you'll find resources on swinging negotiations in your favour. And obviously, if you're not a client and you would like to use our IR35 Action Planner to improve your chances of being outside IR35, then please do consider appointing us. Just so you know, Any Accounts, we are serious and committed to being the very best accountant for companies who are operating outside IR35. And that's everything for this episode. Um, I hope you found that useful. If you've enjoyed it, please uh, do subscribe for the next episode. You will find us on uh, most major podcasting uh, platforms. And let me know what you think. Um, I'm very active on LinkedIn. Uh, so come and find me. I'm James Poyser. Uh, there aren't many James Poysers. And I'll give you a clue. I am not Mariah Carey's uh, music producer, I'm the other James Poyser. Uh, so if you want to reach out, please uh, send me a message and let me know if you've got any questions or thoughts. Um, also, come along and follow both any accounts and 
offpayroll.org.uk on LinkedIn. And you're always going to find the latest fresh news from the from the coalface of the consulting and contracting market. That's everything from me. Uh, thank you very much for listening and I'll see you next time.